Okay, good morning. Today is Wednesday, uh, what, November, not August, November 15, 2023, class 20 in the series Cosmology and Earth History, reading through the Law of One timeline. Last week we ended on page 57. Uh, and the new material starts on 57, the section 3300 BP, Yahweh lost their name, respond with prophets. Uh, P-H-E-T-S, not making profit. And this is um, really um, a critical time, particularly 3600 to 3300 before the present, 1600 to 1300 BC in the Middle East, Yahweh's there, Orion's there, the Martians settled into that area in the Middle East, uh, and that's, you know, some early Old Testament gives some, you know, recording, some, some reportage of what was happening. Egyptian history, Old Testament history, quite quite tangled and confused uh, we have I mean I trust the raw material so uh, based on having proven themselves or proven its veracity over decades for me uh, for others this is just one view among many um, I think it's very useful to um, study in depth their discussion of what happened uh, 3,600 years, 3,300 years ago. It has huge ramifications for, or has had huge ramifications for the entirety of human history from that time forward till the present time now. And then has great resonance with the present time now too. So it's significantly determinative or strongly influential of the last 15, 1600 years or 3600 years of history, as well as very major um, input critical to the Middle East conflict and where we are today, where uh, I think basically uh, World War Three has started, but it's not... Um, you know, the same as World Wars One and Two, and there's a lead-up time, and then there's a crescendo, and it's a bell curve as always, or it's a, it, it's a, you know, sine wave. <laughs> there, this is a cycle too, and so we're in a certain, at a certain point in the war cycle, and we're at a certain point in the, you know, the fifth turning, fourth turning in the, the how, Strauss how, I think it was, these guys, um, calculating cycles of civilization and history from boom to bust, basically uh, arising, persisting, and passing away. It's just uh, civilizational anicca, <laughs> the impermanence and the cycles of civilizational uh, change. And so it was confusing to Don because Ra gave the details of the chronology little by little um, in relation to Don's questions. And so he didn't know initially and for a while um, 
the questions that would pin down the timeline in a linear way. So on page 56, the earlier, the, the material from last time, uh, Lawrence's heading was raw implies Orion came first because it wasn't clear. And, and so we see uh, cutting out their mistaken dates, um, 17.0, page 56, arrivals of both an Orion group into your planetary sphere of influence and the corresponding arrival of emissaries of the Confederation. Okay, when um, 3600 BP for Orion entry, 3300 for Confederation. So Orion came first and uh, Don was trying to pin down the, the step-by-step that started 3,600 years ago. So on at 24.8, he's asking about the quarantine, and I don't want to get into the details of uh, how it was that then Orion got in moderately, significantly, by the, the, the quarantine being not too tight or, or uh, with, with greater openings <laughs> and not patrolled so closely, they said, due to lack of strong polarity. So you see, there wasn't a strong calling for negatives at that time. I, I mean, Orion is just so clearly more clever than the Confederation <laughs> in helping or in, in manipulating, in, in working with this group of humanity uh, in their in in to achieve their goals, uh, Orion is much more clever than the Confederation. Uh, according to the history that Ra's given here, there's um, countless other things happening that they didn't talk about, not particularly necessarily historically or historically, yeah, but also at the present time. There are countless activities that the Confederation and higher dimensional benevolent beings and adepts are doing. We just don't see them. But in terms of working directly with Earth humanity, Orion seems much more clever and successful in getting, uh, in achieving their goals versus Ra and the Confederation achieving their goals. And their goal, the goal of the Confederation or Ra, or Ra and benevolent helpers, one of the significant goals of working with people is to help them help help them learn to help themselves, help them in their uh, soul evolution. But that requires the, the object of the assistance, the person, the group to be helped to want to help itself further. And that's not been the case here. There are very, very few people, uh, it seems, that want to be solidly, consciously, deliberately on the positive path. There are just not that many. So, okay, there wasn't such a heavy quarantine. There wasn't strong polarity. But Orion dropped critical seeds, nevertheless. How clever. So even though there wasn't such strong polarity, uh, they made use of that to come through the quarantine in a bigger way than they could today. And while no one was looking, or the Confederation was sort of wondering, what should we do here? Despite the lack of strong polarity, positive or negative, um, Orion came in... And basically, 3600 is the um, the manipulation is the the kidnapping of the Yahweh name, <laughs> the co the the co-optation of the name 
of Yahweh. I believe that's ex that's what happened 3,600 years ago. And then the confederation Yahweh comes in 3,300 years later and makes a counter move, which was pretty lame, actually, <laughs> compared to, you know, with 2020 hindsight. So, okay, so the new material, there 50, page 57, uh, 24.6, uh, Yahweh lost their name, respond with prophets. So now we're in 3,300 and looking into... Uh, Yahweh's response, uh, where twenty, where further discussion will explain more fully just what they were respi responding to, meaning down on page bottom fifty-seven and fifty-eight, we'll see more detail on just what uh, Yahweh was responding to. So twenty-four-six, Don says thank you, and goes on. Then I assume the Confederation stayed away from Earth for a period of time. What condition created the next contact the Confederation made? And here we're talking about the time between the fall of Atlantis, pretty much, or the pyramid building, 6,000 BP or uh, 4,000, 6,000 BP, the pyramid building, uh, the post-Atlantean. And this um, series of interventions 30, about 3,500 years ago, 36, 33. So what condition created the next contact the Confederation made? And so Ra has to go backtrack to explain Yahweh's Confederation to first explain the Orion Confeder Orion intervention. So they go on, that Ra says, in approximately 3,600 of your years in the past, as you measure time, there was an influx of those from the Orion group, as you call them, due to the increasing negative influences upon thinking and acting distortions, they were able to begin working with those whose impression from olden times, as you may say, was that they were special and different. An entity of the Confederation, many, many thousands of your years in the past, the one you may call Yahweh, this is what seems to me to be a Confederation group, although there may be some other opinions on that. Uh, the one you may call Yahweh had, by genetic cloning, set up these particular biases among these peoples who had come to gradually dwell in the vicinity of Egypt, as well as in many, many other places, by dispersion after the down-sinking of the landmass Mu. So we're talking about a, a group that uh, has been... Uh, a, a somewhat homogenous collective for tens of thousands of years. Here the Orion group found fertile soil in which to plant the seeds of negativity, these seeds as always being those of the elite, the different, those who manipulate or enslave others. The one known as Yahweh felt great responsibility to these entities. Yahweh was the group that did this genetic manipulation or modification on the incoming Martians. That's the point. So, one known as Yahweh felt great responsibility to these entities. However, the Orion group had been able to impress upon the peoples the name Yahweh as the one responsible for this elitism, meaning the seeds of negativity, um, somehow became associated with Yahweh itself. And I think, again, there was pressure on Moses um, for a different type of um, information receiving. Yahweh was then, and <laughs> Yahweh, the, the original confederation emissary, or 
See, Rod didn't say Confederation Group, but they said uh, Confederation Emissary. Uh, what's the difference? Don't know. So, uh, Yahweh, so uh, Yahweh felt great responsibility. However, <laughs> the Orion group was able to impress upon the peoples the name Yahweh as the one responsible for the elitism, meaning, you know, I am your God, um, you know, uh, you must, uh, I am the creator you've been worshipping and uh, I got a new message for you or here's my message now and it was of elitism and chosen people smite thine enemies and kill them all and destroy Amalek and the whole thing that is uh, still in play however the Orion group was able to impress upon them the name Yahweh as the one elite responsible for the elitism and people don't question you know <laughs> humans are gullible as a whole that's why they look to each other for guidance <laughs> if you look through if you look to other people for guidance uh, uh, without looking within uh, one is really in trouble so they talk about Yahweh Yahweh then was able to take what you would call stock of its vibratory patterns that became in effect a more eloquently effective sound vibration complex what does that mean <laughs> not clear uh, so, take stock of its vibratory patterns, um, what, get its shit together after it lost its contact? I don't know. How does it become more eloquently effective? Sound vibration complex is a, is a word for word, or a phrase that's used to, to synonymous with the English word, word. A sound vibration complex is a word. Uh, our speaking of sound vibration complexes or complices is speaking words. So Yahweh became a more eloquently effective word? Um, maybe. That, that it, it's, I'm not sure what really what that was all about. So in this complex, Ra goes on, the old Yahweh, now unnamed, but meaning he comes, many, that, that's not unusual for groups and beings to just <laughs> not define them, not give themselves uh, names, but name themselves by their function. Those of the law of one. Uh, what? What's your name? <laughs> We're those of this awareness. We're those of this function. Both. It's not unusual. So this, un, you know, Confederation Emissary Yahweh that lost his name, while the name itself means he comes, and that's pretty simple, began to send positively oriented philosophy. Hey, hey, that's a good idea. This was approximately 3,300 years ago. But that's not all that happened. Thus, the intense portion of what's become known as Armageddon was joined. So Armageddon has been going on for the last 3,500 years. Armageddon comes from the Hebrew Harmagido. Harmagido is a place, I believe, in northern Israel. It's a mountain. Tel Megiddo. And uh, that's considered the place of the final battle of good and evil. But in general, all these human groups are mixed at best, and at worst, they're significantly negative. And the battling is generally going to be negative versus negative, or negative versus mixed. So, but, but it, the battle, to, you know, to, to 
it's a it's a childish understanding of Armageddon that it's simply a struggle or conflict of uh, good and evil. It's it ultimately, it's the final reckoning of moral polarity in the cycle, the final reckoning of moral polarity in the cycle. Where moral values must be reckoned for the individual and the collective. They are, whether they like it or not, uh, being held to account, like an accounting reckoning of balancing the books or uh, whatever accountants do to uh, conclude the accounting. That's happening now vis-a-vis individuals' positive and negative path development and particularly their um, their affirmation of moral values. The affirmation, the final reckoning is a final opportunity for um, affirmation, integration, um, taking sides. <laughs> Which side are you on? Are you uh, on, the, on the side of uh, love and honesty and the best for all? or control and and whatever force and deception is necessary to get more power. And particularly a sense of elitism versus um, universal values. Universal values, the universal values, these stupid human leaders uh, can't get out of nationalism. <laughs> Even, you know, the BRICS and Putin, she talking about multipolarity. <laughs> Is, 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 you know, I guess it's better than um, hegemony and tyranny, but their, their whole system, their, their, the cast of characters there are mixed, is mixed too, as we can see by their policies in the last few years, particularly regarding the COVID theater and op, the COVID op. So, you know, if you want positivity on this planet, look into your heart. <laughs> Um, look at nature, look at the sky and see beauty, the vast natural beauty um, is a face of God, is a face of you know divine glory, actually. It's divine glory in the form of uh, you know, plants, and, plants and animals somewhat, but certainly the plant kingdom and the natural environment, a very beautiful planet. So, uh, okay, Armageddon, that final reckoning for the individual and the collective, the final affirmation, final opportunity for affirmation of one's path and one's values is now, but has been going on for a couple thousand years. That's a useful perspective, I think. So, okay, top of page 58, 3300 BP, Orion never left, Armageddon commences from what we just saw. So, Orion comes in. Um, replaces uh, very carefully or, or cleverly the name it replaces itself for the confederation group Yahweh confederation group or whatever you want to call it I don't think it's an angelic <laughs> it could be but I don't think angelics do um, genetic manipulation by walking among and making and doing sex normally angelics don't do that so, uh, uh, Orion never left, Armageddon commences. This is from 1613. Lawrence just put in a little snippet here. Since approximately 3,300 years ago, in your measurement, this group has 
constantly been working upon the harvest just as a confederation working to increase the negative harvest but i think particularly working to decrease any harvest that's working upon the harvest not actually just in the same way as the confederation the confederation is working to help souls grow and thus graduate and thus you know in, in inherit the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of heaven on earth the meek shall inherit the kingdom of heaven on earth the meek is the pros, the warhorse, tamed warhorse, not uh, a sucker, and a gum, you know, a, a yellow-bellied sucker. Meek, weak, not. But <laughs> Orion, I don't think. I think that long ago, <laughs> I, I mean, they're very clever. They spend all their time strategizing. Okay, I would imagine long, long ago they realized there's going to be a minuscule harvest of uh, 3D negatives into 4D negative Orion. That ain't the goal. The goal, as I've said too many times, is the establishment of a vanguard captured elite controlling a uh, captive uh, non-elite of uh, human 3D natives that are by design tangled in their capacity to to steal love light from catalyst and thus by design baffled from evolution or harvest into uh, 4d positive or you know nearly all the people here are going to go positive or at least 60 70 80 percent would be positive at base if orion's <laughs> work regarding harvest it seems very clear to me is to prevent is to prevent for as long as possible as many 3d natives from ever getting out of 3d and thus with a captured you know non-polarized or insufficiently positive polarized and a captured negatively polarized but insufficiently developed to harvest a 40 negative orion takes that show on multiple planets in 3d and I, and I would say today's so-called human elite um, serves the self 3D negative leadership, negative 3D, 3D negative leadership. They're doing on Earth what they did on Mars and what they did on Maldek and what they may well have done before. And they've got these souls enthralled, enthralled. They are enthralled to their Orion sources, which keep, you know, keep them on the hamster wheel. They keep the the negatives um, inadequately evil <laughs> and the positives inadequately virtuous. They don't keep them, but they continue influencing them. And the final arbiter, the final decider, I'm the final decider, the final decider is the human soul itself, the beings here, uh, who are choosing um, chronic 3D repeating. It's a chronic condition very well supported by Orion, which seeks it and uses it. That's my view. <laughs> you may not hear anyone else on the planet saying so. Consider for yourself. So, okay, 24-6 again. It's a long answer. Um, and some is repetition, actually. Let me just see something. Yeah, this is actually repetition of uh, the same 24-6 as we went into with this detail earlier. 
<laughs> okay? So page 50, for some reason, Lawrence repeated it, and we didn't catch it. Um, again, 3,600 years ago, influx of Orion. Uh, they're working upon those whose impression of themselves from the time they came in from Mars was that they're special and different. And here's the key. An entity of the Confederation, many, many thousands of years in the past, the one you call Yahweh by genetic cloning, set up these particular biases and among the people that came to gradually dwell in the vicinity of Egypt. So the Martians were critical uh, with the uh, instrumental for the fall of Atlantis. They were instrumental with the co-optation, or they, they were the group that uh, had their uh, original contact with true Confederation Yahweh, um, a true, you know, positive, divine, higher dimensional contact. They had that usurped, and they significantly uh, followed along. And if you read your Old Testament history, uh, there were a significant conflict within the, uh, what, Israelite, Hebrew, whatever they call the name, community around Moses at that time and in the subsequent centuries in which some people um, followed the old ways uh, and other people followed the new ways that came from Orion and some of the people that followed or perhaps the whole of the people who followed the old ways had a sense that uh, Yahweh wasn't the Yahweh of the splittists, of the schismatics, of the people who were <clears throat> um, advocating violence and political force and military action, dot, 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 that they're, they're, they weren't getting Orion anymore. <laughs> they knew. And that's the whole notion of Demiurge. The whole notion of Demiurge, this is uh, hot material. <laughs> the Demiurge is the Gnostic presentation of Orion's co-optation of the original Yahweh contact with Moses. Boom. Consider it. Maybe I'm wrong. But as far as I can tell, the Gnostic formulation of Demiurge as an evil, you know, sub subaltern, uh, pseudo-divinity, deity, prison warden, you know, <laughs> warden of the prison planet Earth, named so-called Demiurge Greek, um, was their representation of um, Orion in the new in the place of Yahweh? They knew it. The Gnostics knew it. Some of the early Gnostics knew it. Later Gnostics knew it too. And uh, some of the Hebrews, Israelites, whatever you call them, around Moses that didn't follow the new ways knew it too. They knew there was a co-optation. I believe. <clears throat> so, okay. The Orion group finds fertile soil in which to plant the seeds of negativity, elitism, being different, those who manipulate and enslave. I don't know why they keep using the word different, because what? In, in awareness of unity, there's no recognition of differentness? No. I, I, you may, you know, is a tree the same as a turd? They both start with T, but they really seem to be kind of different, right? They have different functions have a different uh, trajectory of uh, arising, persisting, passing away. Completely different causal basis. Is that elitist to say different? So, mm, 
one one has to be careful sometimes with some of the language here. What they really mean is superiority or supremacist. So okay, Yahweh felt responsibility. Orion Group oppressed them on the name Yahweh. Yahweh now lost its name and uh, became a more eloquently effective sound vibration complex, sending positive philosophy basically what? Through the prophets. Uh, you know, Yahweh loses its name, sends the prophets. Okay, so bottom page 58, uh, the section here is called Joshua gave birth to the giants. And the point about giants, of course, is that Ra said, we saw this last week or the week before, one of Yahweh's um, counter moves was genetic modification around the time, 3300 BC, or I'm sorry, BP, before present. So one, there, there are two different counter moves, it seems. One is, is sending positively oriented philosophy um, perhaps in a better way, more eloquently than before. Hmm. And then the second is uh, walking among them genetic modification. And that's the birth to the giants. And then Lawrence is taking some Hebrew and trying to say, uh, who is it that walked among humanity uh, called Yahweh? What's that relation to Joshua and um, certain phrase? So his note, page 58, uh, he said, note, yod he shin vohe um, the tetragrammaton, is the Hebrew, it's not actually the same, is a Hebrew transliteration for both Joshua and Jesus. According to the Bible, or some versions of the Old Testament, Joshua was Moses' protege, who followed Moses out of Egypt and took over leadership during the conquest of Canaan. So they're... <laughs> Getting out, of, getting out of servitude and going off to conquer. Ra states elsewhere that Jesus had no prior lifetimes on earth, so we're talking about hundreds of years, right? We're talking about a thousand plus years before Yeshua. Ra states elsewhere Jesus had no prior lifetimes on earth, hence Joshua must be a different entity. So he answered his own question. It's not Jesus when Ra says, yod shin uh, he goes on, oddly, Joshua is one of the 12 Hebrew spies sent into Canaan, Numbers 13, who reports back on the giant sons of Anak, Numbers 13, 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come from the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. I have a grasshopper on my ceiling right now, and uh, he's pleasant and I'm pleasant and just want to shout out to the grasshopper above me on the ceiling. Uh, so Ra had said that it's Yahweh that did genetic interbreeding, genetic upgrade, hybridization with, with Anak. <laughs> so the sons of Anak made from Orion, uh, made, made from the Yahweh who was trying to help. The whole thing's very tangled because it seems uh, if Yahweh's working with Moses initially, true Confederation Yahweh, you've got, you know, let's say a group, 100% of the group is on board and they're fine and they love God and they think that's God and they're living spiritual, moral lives. 
then over time uh, service of self tendencies develop or grow particularly this idea we're special we're better we're not like you we're fundamentally different we're metaphysically different that's the problem with different we're metaphysically essentially different our soul is superior to yours so they believe uh, with those thoughts developing in the culture over centuries then um, around Moses uh, you've got a split in his group where some end up following the you know the continuing commands or, or guidance through Moses that uh, are claimed to be from Yahweh but are only from Orion uh, the people that don't realize that co-optation and who want power and they like that kind of message the messages of smite the enemy um, split the community and then <laughs> that's before that's 3600 BP 3300 BP is another split uh, in this case because of Yahweh's intervention perhaps where they do genetic modification, you've got sons of Anak who are giants, made by Yahweh, <laughs> in this case seen by Joshua in Numbers 1333. <laughs> Is Joshua, if he's uh, positively oriented, like his uh, mentor Moses is positive, extremely positively oriented, but that doesn't mean he wasn't following negative ways. I don't know what where Moses was at and or Joshua. But there they're seeing these giants that are um, actually made by Yahweh too, the real Yahweh, who thought uh, making bigger, stronger bodies would help bring more positivity or balance from Orion, the, the growth of Orion's intervention. 24.9, Ra Don uh, says, Then Yahweh, in an attempt to correct what he saw what he saw as what I might call a mistake. I know you don't want to call it that, he added. Started 3,300 years ago with positive philosophy. Were both the Orion and Yahweh philosophies impressed telepathically, or were there other techniques used? <clears throat> 24.9 Ra replies, there were two other techniques used. One by the entity no longer called Yahweh. <laughs> Who was called Yahweh? It's not called Yahweh, but it's the same entity who still felt that if it could raise up entities which were superior to the negative forces, that these superior entities could spread the law of one. Thus the entity, thus this entity, that's the point. Uh, yod he shin vohe, and that's the point where Lawrence is wondering, is Yahweh, did Joshua give birth to the giants because Joshua is Yahweh? So was Joshua uh, a manifestation or uh, a representative of, of the true Yahweh group, confederation group or whatever entity? Uh, is Joshua of confederation Yahweh? Uh, and what? He saw giants <laughs> that he made? It's a little strange. So... Yahweh <laughs> uh, 
wanted to raise up entities superior to negative forces so they could spread the law of one. How? <laughs> Clearly by force. So you want to spread the law of one by force? Really? And that you think is going to further the positive path or, you know, support beings on the positive path? Uh-huh. Okay. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful who you follow. So this, thus, this entity, I mean, first he's talking about Yahweh, and then he said, uh, no longer called Yahweh, this entity, yad heh shin came among your people in form according to incarnate being, meaning physical human form, made it in normal reproductive manner of your physical complexes, birthing a generation of much larger beings, these being called Anak. So Anunaki, Anak, clearly related. I mean, so much is confused, right? The Anunnaki. Was it a massive civilization, like Babylon or Persia? Or was it a subgroup of another group, and that subgroup was called Anak? Who knows? You know, humans are liars. I mean, people in power lie, continually, endlessly. And the more power someone has, the more they lie, in general. So... <laughs> Worldly success um, is the basis of self-destroying virtue. <laughs> Lovely. So, if you uh, want continuing development, um, stay away from <laughs> worldly people with power who lie. <laughs> so, meaning the story of Moses and the story of Joshua and all these stories that come from the Old Testament and other additional sources then through the centuries have been modified many times by dishonest humans with power, with little power. The scribe has little power, but he's told, he does what he's told. Get along to, go along to get along, so say the scribes 2,000, 3,000 years ago. <laughs> so do their bosses say the same. So we don't really know. We don't really have accurate history. Even they can't do the telephone game. I mean, that's just shocking to me. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe it's true. I don't want to believe it. No, I can believe it, but it's a, still shocking how 10 people in general on the so-called telephone game. Now, is that apocryphal or is it, you know, really the case? Uh, a circle of 10 people whispering a couple of words um, can't want, can't remember and have insufficient desire to be accurate in speaking what they just heard, even though that's the, the stated uh, purpose uh, and work of that exercise, to repeat what you just heard to the next guy who will repeat what he just heard or to the next one too. They can't do that? How can that be? How can it be? What's wrong with them? They're very damaged. They're much more damaged than we think. It seems to be. I mean, a simple thing. If you say, you know, the lazy cat jumped over the moon or something, I'll say the lazy cat jumped over the moon. It's pretty straightforward, you know. So, whatever. So, Yahweh here is identified as yod shin which is, again, a name for Joshua and for Yeshua. That's how it comes. <laughs> Yeshua, Joshua, those words with their letters and consonants and vowels come out of 
Yod-Heh-Shin-Vah-Heh in Hebrew. Okay, so there's some association between Yahweh and Joshua um, in that they're both associated with birthing larger beings. And then Ra concludes and says, the other method used to greater effect later in the scenario, as you'd call it, was the thought form such as we often use among your peoples to suggest the mysterious or the sublime. You may be familiar with some of the appearances. Um, Don requestioned and Ross said, uh, the so-called wheel within the wheel and the cherubim with sleepless eye. Uh, this is basically suggestion of mystery and suggestion of mystery or the emplacement, a, man a materialization, a manifestation of mystery. Uh, uh, it's basically a, a materialization in the physical world um, that clearly came from a non-physical source or is of the non-physical. It's basically a visible a visible representation of the metaphysical in the physical it's it's an appearance of the invisible temporarily visible that kind of thing it's the spiritual in the physical and that is actually the purpose of crop circles <laughs> yes actually <laughs> and or one of the major purposes is that suggestion of mystery same thing with um, orbs. <laughs> I've seen orbs in many, many pictures. And um, orb, O-R-B. Um, when they're perfectly circular and structured, and then you can see um, variation of form or shape um, of, of some almost like a decorative condition within the circle of the orb sphere on the photograph, then um, it's more likely angelic. What level angelic? I don't know. But that also is of suggestion of the mystery and a sign of the veil thinning where astral uh, phenomena are more easily apparent today than, you know, hundreds of years ago because of intensification of the green ray energy. So, okay. Um, Thought form, as we often use, to suggest mysterious or the sublime. Example, cherubim, sleepless eye, cherubim, and wheel within the wheel, like Ezekiel. Don says, very good. <laughs> Middle page 59, 2411. Did the Orion group use similar methods for their impression 3,600 years ago? Ra said, the group or empire Orion had an emissary in your skies at that time. So they both have emissaries. And Ra explained the Orion emissary, this emissary, was of your fiery nature, which was hidden by the nature of cloud in the day. This was to obliterate the, obliterate, obliterate the questions of those, seeking, of those seeing such a vehicle and to make it consonant with these entities' concept of what you may call the creator. Creator as um, endless fire, as basically... Um, omnipotent destructive fire our lord is a burning flame our lord is you know the death of the god of the desert burns burns all Ugh. so <laughs> echoes of easter island and nazca in their mind it seems to me because again um souls it seems that the progression of a some some portion of the martian souls 
75,000 years ago was into Mu and then into the Middle East and then, or into Mu, and then into positions of power in Atlantis, which they destroyed, then into Egypt. They may have been into Egypt during Atlantean times, right? So they went from Mu, Lemuria, to Egypt, maybe. And Egypt definitely survived the deluge, it seems to me. So you have pre-Atlantean or, or Atlantean and post-Atlantean uh, life in Egypt. And uh, significantly, those were Martians. And uh, this whole notion of, of fiery phenomena, Mars is red, right? So mm, red and fire and root chakra and destruction and burning and combust combustion, these are all qualities of the leaders of human civilization who are Martians, who've been many, genetically modified many times, actually, <laughs> by both positive and negative sources. And that's why Ra is delicate to not talk much about the Bigfoot gorilla bodies uh, cloning and genetic modification or genetic uh, features um, that may come into play post-nuclear destruction. So if you have a problem with all that, just got to get to the chairman. <laughs> you got to find somebody in the Adjustment Bureau who knows more than uh, the guy at our level. You got to find his boss's boss, who might have some sense of what's up with the chairman. There's so many things going on that are incomprehensible. Meaning, an individual being is not a, just an individual being. There are there are certain beings that have multiple bodies, or certain atmonic uh, energy field, atmonic sources that incarnate into many bodies at the same time. And it's not like, you know, invasion of body snatchers. It's simply the evolution of that atmonic center requires multiple evolution in mul or evolution in multiple human bodies simultaneously. Just like uh, ants or, you know, animals, you think that every fox in the woods is a separate uh, inspirited being? Of course not. It's the mind-body complex of um, an atmonic sphere, atmonic field that's working out its own evolution um, by multiple fox and other animal bodies incarnation uh, concurrently uh, for moving along the, the continuum of second density evolution. So uh, that's happening on Earth as well. And so then we're talking about uh, some portion, I mean, the, the principle that I'm trying to express is some um, physical phenomena have completely abstruse um, and nearly inconceivable metaphysical bases. Why is it happening? Because it's allowed. Why? Because there's metaphysical work needing. What kind of metaphysical work? We can only get a, a little glimpse of it, I think. And there are people who have all sorts of ideas. Maybe true, maybe not true. But there's a playing out of light. The, the, this is the development of light in the sector. The, the condition, the drama of polarity in this galactic sector is of the logoic working upon light. 
in the sector. So polarity as what? <laughs> 3D souls, 4D, 5, 6, 3, 4, 5, 6. Beings in 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th density in the sector, the sector of galaxy, with Orion and the Federation, Confederation. Um, as a manifestation, as, as the personification in form and apparently separative um, entities, <laughs> many, many, working out logoic evolution. The Logos works out its own evolution by its work in the octave. And in the case of the Logoi or Logos of the sector of the galaxy, it's working out its own evolution by its support of evolution in the sector, in its, you know, solar system octaves, the octaves of its solar systems in the sector where apparent beings are doing their thing, positive, negative, and stuck. Um, this is some kind of working, th this represents a very, uh, the physical representation of very subtle metaphysical working at the logoic level for the logos and for all of this because who is who are who is i right who is i the i is the one i not the sleepless or well, the sleepless i right i mean <laughs> that's just a representation potentially of the logos which has been co-opted by negativity with the uh, one eye covered and all that negative um only breaks down and takes what god gives it <laughs> So it's a it's a it's a failing venture the negative path, but it's some it it's a, a critical kind of catalyst or sp even a spark plug kind of um, sparking necessary for soul evolution in the sector, which is the soul evolution of the logos that is the sector. <laughs> the logos is time and space a particular so-called space of a solar system which is an octave or of an octave that apparent space or spatiality is the logos is the sector logos likewise all the beings within it are the logos as well <laughs> that's what that's what the law of one really means is that all the many is one life and its form is light and matter and energy. The forms are forms of light. The substance is light, but its nature is logoic. And it's the logos doing its own thing in the forms of light called bodies and minds and beings on both paths in third, fourth, fifth, sixth density in the sector. Worked out, played out by the, the Confederation and Orion. That's what's happening here. And I don't understand it fully, of course. And if you want to be honest and acknowledge, I understand, we understand very little, more knowing will come. Uh, to the degree that we, you know, not us, but people we see who are full of their false self, they're full of themselves, they're full of false selfhood. <laughs> chock full of false selfhood. <laughs> Look at the TV. They're all chock full of false selfhood. They're all chock full, stuffed to their gills with fraudulent conceit, illusory identity. <laughs> this is the way of, of 
continual reincarnation into third density, actually. So you've got these fiery emissaries, and you know they're working with um, a much more primitive human consciousness at that time. Okay. <laughs> And final 2413, Don asks, and then how was the impression or information passed on to the entities after they saw this fiery cloud? And at this point, we're talking about Yahweh. Ross said, by thought transfer and by causing a fiery phenomena and other events to appear as being miraculous through the use of thought forms. So I could see a burning bush in front of me. It's not, it, it may be, um, it may burn the skin. It may have real heat and uh, combustible uh, features, and it's made of thought. It's not. It's a. It's a physical representation called into assemblage by thought, not a physical complex that grew organically and was just uh, rearranged or arranged. So, uh, thought form based meaning people believe it. <laughs> It's made by thought form, but it also um, would be known as a thought form to those that are uh, free of believing in the astral. Anyway, uh, thought transfer causing fiery phenomena. So there's a whole lot of fiery action. <laughs> uh, Orion had an emissary. Confederation had an emissary. I mean, if you play the Orion's game, you're losing. You know, if you play the negative game, you've lost. The winning, the only winning, the only way to win the game is not to play. The only winning move is not to play the game, like that, from the movie. So, if you're if you're fighting with the fighters, uh, I think you've already lost, unless it's you know defense of the beloved, or protection of the beloved. That's a little bit different. So anyway, <laughs> you get the kitchen sink. So, let's see. The next section is called Ark of the Covenant. And I'll take a break on that, or we'll end here on 59 and not go further, because this is all very um, heavy or weighty in terms of its significance historically and then today. Historically, this whole thing, uh, 3600, 3300 BP, this is the birth, this is the rebirth of hardcore supremacism in the modern era. And there are many supremacist groups. In fact, every group <laughs> thinks of itself as elite and special and different and better. Nearly everybody. In power, groups with power. You know, politically, geopolitically, we see it regionally. Uh, you know, Erdogan aspires to be the next sultan of the of the reborn Ottoman Empire. Uh, there are Israeli supremacists who speak freely about uh, you know genocide or complete ethnic cleansing, extermination of Amalek. You have African groups that hate each other, the Hutus and the Tutsis in Rwanda. You have the same kind of thing in Northern Ireland before Protestants and Catholics. You've got the Shiite and the Sunni, some of whom can't stand each other. You've got all sorts of groups, and all you've got Northern Chinese versus Southern Chinese. You've got Northern Thai versus Southern Thai. You've got Khmer versus Cambodian. You've got light-skinned versus dark-skinned people in similar, in certain communities. 
you've got men against women, you've got certain men against other men, big men against small men, <laughs> smart women against dumb women, smart women against dumb men. You've got all sorts of oppositions where pretty much um, the individual distortions are greatly amplified by the law of squares when they go into group formation. Beware 3D repeaters in formation, in groupings by the law of squares and a natural, you know, feeding upon uh, each other, there's amplification of individual tendencies. And the individual tendencies are basically weakness-based um, aggression. <laughs> uh, Self-doubt-based dogmatism. <laughs> Insecurity-based conceit. Fear-based... Um, uh, opposition, oppositionalism, uh, ignorance-based supremacism. So, the catalog of human distortion in the appendix, we read um, that for the last 3,500 years or more, um, the the plant, the, the seed of holy war has grown into a, a big uh, garden of weeds, or the tares, the darnel. It's grown greatly by humans doing it to themselves. Most people, I think, frankly, are too dishonest to truly consistently help themselves. I think they're too dishonest to solidly polarize, or at least harvest, in general, that's the case. I mean, we might have a kindly, you know, kindly, uh, kindly demeanor and a kindly feeling for people, and we're benign and try to be you know, a good neighbor and good friend and, you know, kindly <laughs> to one and all. That doesn't make them good, <laughs> if good means committed to virtue. That doesn't mean they're evil, but nor are they committed to virtue. So that's why. Why not? Well, virtue is difficult and painful sometimes, for sure, because it sometimes means putting other people in front of us or, you know, taking care of others <laughs> or doing sacrifice. Hey, hey. Um, I think, frankly, um, uh, because... Uh, be, you know, we're, we're be, because people are on because they feel weak and unable to face themselves truly. They avoid what is painful within that they don't want to face and uh, cover that with some kind of dogmatism and conceit and self-centeredness, selfishness, and dishonesty, <laughs> and. The result of that is they can't get along with each other, generally, many people. Or they can only get along to, with each other to a certain point. Don't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table. Why? Because we fight. We'll just fight and get into a big mess. Why? Because we're unable to make resolution. Why? <laughs> why? Why, why, why? Why? Because we're not committed to to win-win or deep understanding or learning and growing they're not committed to learning growing helping so they don't even want the hassle you know so so when there's significant 
disagreement, the line of least resistance is fight. Fight, fight, fight. And why? Because <laughs> they feel too weak. They're not weak. They could be, you know, human potential is boundless. Human nature is boundless. Human nature, human potential is the full realization of human nature. What else? Human potential is the full revelation and realization of human nature. Of course, that's human potential. The full development of all I is, not I, Scott. I as the one that comes out as a evolving mind-body-spirit complex that appears to be living in time and space or experiences itself in time and space. So, <coughs> uh, I don't think that they're capable... I, I mean, the best I think that, that positive forces can do is continue sending uh, positive philosophy, love, light, comfort, um, love and clarity of, of, you know, to help beings empower themselves to, to evolve. But to evolve means being honest. <laughs> you can't evolve not being committed to honesty. Mm -hmm. And the difference between those that are stuck in love over wisdom and those that have balanced love and wisdom is that those who balance love and wisdom are willing to take the pain of greater honesty that discovers painful truths or truths that are felt to be painful and those that are stuck in love over wisdom while they're kindly and hopefully only benign um, they don't know they don't realize how little they know the truly wise realize how little they know and thus um, learning can be continual little by little this and that so but Orion's done a pretty good job on these souls, but frankly, they've done it to themselves. You know, if, if I have a uh, infection, who do I blame? Mr. Strep Streptococci, Mr. Streptococcus, or myself for giving him a, a happy home? Clearly, um, it's my fault that he can, that he has a happy home. <laughs> The bacterial infection um, is the doing of the being who has the body that's now infected. They didn't get it because they wanted it consciously, but uh, they get, we get what we deserve based on seeds we plant in thought, word, and deed, of course. That's called law of karma and what we get as the ripening of those karmic seeds. So what humanity is getting by the ripening of its karmic seeds is a, is a boatload of confusion and dissension and conflict. And a whole lot of people at this time in history are going to see their sacred cows slain. Meaning, uh, things that people have long, long never realized they never questioned and assumed to be uh, truth are not. Time of Revelation, Apocalypse, yes. So with the Apocalypse of Revealing, a lot of people are going to be crestfallen or are crestfalling, falling from the crest of a certain um, fraud-based confidence and well-being. Fraud-based confidence and well-being is not a stable condition. So, so that's it. 
<laughs> I hope it was useful. Thank you for listening. It's fun to speak freely. I hope you have happiness and fun and um, um, real integration of, uh, you know, green, blue, indigo with the personal. The personal is of body and mind, particularly, and green, blue, indigo is of mind and spirit, particularly, and the integration is the true, you know, uh, star of David or six-pointed star of the two triangles, down-pointing, up-pointing, unified in six-pointed star. The real one, before the negatives co-opted it, was an integration of the evolving personality and the loving Atmanic higher self. Higher self looks down and seeks to help, and we look up and seek to help ourselves too. Um, that's the real integration of the two triangles. So, hope that's well. Next week we'll pick it up here at Ark of the Covenant, page 59. Take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.